Quaker Podcast, where liberty is our mission. Today is Thursday, January 24th, 2013, and this is podcast number 265. What you're about to hear is was recorded yesterday. Michael Dean of the uh, Freedom Fiends and I were, we tried several times yesterday, actually, to uh, record a podcast, and I made an attempt with a couple other people. Kai and I tried to record a podcast and uh, it just didn't work out until eventually, um, later on in the evening, uh, Michael and I were able to keep uh, Skype and the internet running long enough to uh, to record the podcast that you're about to hear. So, uh, here it is, podcast number 265 with Michael W. Dean. So, Michael W. Dean of, of the Freedom Fiends and of Anarchy Gumbo podcast is on the big internet with me. How you doing, Michael? I'm pretty good. I don't know. How big is the internet there in the retirement community where you're living? At, <laughs> at moments, it's pretty big. At other moments, it's pretty small. It's according to how many old folks are on downloading pictures of their grandbabies. Or searching 80plusporn.com. Ah, that's icky. No, it isn't. I don't know, man. The the older I get, the older the women I'm attracted to are, which is more inclusive because it starts at about 20, and now it's up to about 60 because I'm 48. Well, you know, I guess that makes sense. I guess a person, uh, yeah, that makes sense. It's I don't want to think about it for 20 more years, though. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, what? The older you get, you know, the, the bigger the pool gets. Ah. <laughs> Do you think everyone's just unsubscribed? Yeah, probably. Did it, we yeah, there was, all the ones under yeah. the all the uh, all the homeschoolers that listen to my podcast just slammed the internet shut and went, "No, Johnny, you can't hear that." Well, you you should probably maybe you could put a you know not safe for homeschooling tag on this one. I think I think it might be pertinent. Actually, why don't we stop the recording? And then record something that says, not safe for homeschooling. And then you can cut and paste that in at the beginning. How's that? I, I could just do that anyway if okay. we just say it right yeah. now. Okay. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> say it. Today's, <laughs> today's podcast is a very special version of BadQuaker.com podcast with Michael W. Dean of the uh, Anarchy Gumbo podcast. And it may not be safe for the more delicate ears. How's that? Yeah, you forgot to mention Freedom Fiends, man. Freedom Fiends. Oh, uh-oh. at least if they're going to unsubscribe, they should know, or like not listen, they should know who they're not listening to. And more people have heard of Freedom Fiends than Anarchy Gumbo. Freedom Fiends is my cast with Nima Vidati that I do three times a week, and it will soon be on radio. But uh, real radio, not not uh, neighborhood radio. Well, neighborhood radio is real radio, but I'm talking about like you know we're going to be on after Rush Limbaugh and before Alex Jones. Uh, around the country, but that's not happening yet. Yeah. So actually we tried to cast this morning. I just got up. We tried to cast when I was going to bed at like 7am my time. And, uh, we're having problems with the internet cause all the old folks are in the play, in the community, the campground you're staying in, who are, you are at, how old are you? Oh, 52. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 48. You're, uh, you're 52 and you, you are the youngest person in this place. Well, actually I think, yeah, is, cause yeah. I think you, I think when you got married, you were like 19 and she was 12 or something. <laughs> Close. I think she's the exact same age as you. Yeah. Oh, and you're 50. You were born in. Yeah. I was born in. Yeah, you were born in 64? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. cats yelling so, in the background uh, if anyone hears it. Sorry. Yeah, I actually made three attempts at podcasting today. I tried with uh, Kai on Skype, and that failed horribly. And then Nima and I kicked back and forth, and it looks like we're going to try uh, Friday. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fuzzy, what's wrong? Did you fall down the well? 
Fuzzy is the cat. Fuzzy is a cat. So uh, which which picture are you going to use of those ones I sent, and what were your thoughts on them? <laughs> I think I'll use the more sane one, not the uh, not the clown nose or the others. Yeah, I get really excited but, about really simple things. Like um, one of the things I get very excited about is audio production. And lately, though, I'm really excited about the little colored pop uh, windscreens that I got for my microphones. And, you know, some people would be like, well, if that's what you spend your time worrying on, you must not really know much about audio. But it's more like I've conquered everything else in audio to the point where I can be, get excited about, you know, some little $2 uh, pop filters that are different colors and do a whole blog post of me taking pictures of wearing them on my nose, putting them on my cat's head. Yeah. And what else is the Internet for? Cats. Well, I saw something the other day that, you know, it's one of those kind of memes that goes around and it's kind of silly, but it's so dead on true, man. It's, uh, it, it was a conversation on Reddit and it was, the question is if someone from the 1950s suddenly appeared today, what would be, what would be the most difficult thing to explain to them about current, about life today? And someone said that I possessed a device in my pocket that is capable of access, accessing the entirety of information known to man. But I use it to look at pictures of cats and get in arguments with strangers. <laughs> it's, uh, it's embarrassing, Not but me. true. I revel in it, man. I revel in it. Well, you know, that's kind of, that's sort of my argument about monster trucks. Like who in the ro- in the world actually needs monster trucks? Kind of like assault and rifles. No, assault rifles are, well, assault rifles isn't really a term because what is, uh, you know, an AR-15 owned by a citizen is not an assault rifle because an assault rifle by definition has at least burst fire, if not full auto, uh, capes, you know, switchability. But, yeah. uh, you know, why? Sh- there's a lot of people who think there shouldn't be monster trucks and would like to outlaw them just because society wants them but doesn't need them. And uh, that's what we're really up against is a generation after generation after generation to where we've kind of reached a tipping point to where almost a majority, but not quite, of the people in America believe that this bully government should be able to do anything to anyone because, you know, either because 51% of the people think it's just so, or even because less. I mean, Obama got elected by way less people than, uh, than a majority, even of registered voters. Uh, not that Romney would have been any better, but the idea that anyone even needs someone to tell people what to do. And a good, good example is right now in New Zealand, uh, there's a big movement to have a national vote on whether or not to outlaw cats. Because cats eat birds. Yeah, I saw, you told me about that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the, you know, it's not just, oh, we love the birds. It's more like cats are a non-native species and they're kind of wrecking some havoc. But I don't know, man. I kind of think that's the free market of nature in work. at work. You know, I mean, do we really need kiwis running around in our gardens? <laughs> well, you know, at some point... Uh, you know, mastodons were, uh, an invasive species in North America at some point, you know, I mean, I mean, everything is an invasive species somewhere at some point. Well, in then the other invasive species, Homo sapiens or some early version of it got rid of that mastodon problem. And some would look, <laughs> some would look at that the way that they look at, uh, have you ever heard the term, the mongoose problem? I don't think so. Well, uh, Hawaii originally had no rats. So, uh, and then rats, you know, clung to ships and things and ended up in Hawaii and started wrecking havoc on everything. So they brought in a bunch of mongoose to eat the rats and the mongoose just wiped the rats out. I mean, there are no mongoose left rat problem or no rats, rat problem gone, but the mongoose were a bigger problem and, you know, ate cats, dogs, <laughs> other, you know, everything that people like. And cats are actually a problem in Hawaii too, uh, non-native species. But uh, the mongoose became more of a problem than the cat or than the uh, rat. And I've seen that as an analogy for police. You know, you've got a problem with criminals, so you invent this thing of police, and then you end up with a bigger problem of police. So I look at police as the mongoose problem. They're a, police are a non-native species. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is of course the, the whole, the whole concept that you can take one group of people and give them special rights just because they have a uniform and a badge 
and uh, and hold them at a at a different um, you know uh, what's the word I'm searching for hold them to a different Valley. level yeah and allow them to Standard. behave in certain ways that none of the rest of us can can behave and then expect something other than a disaster. Yeah, that is so square, man. People are so square. Uh, the thing is, when I was a kid uh, in the 70s, like Democrats were the cool people and Republicans were the squares. And now they're both really square. You know, what happened to the anti-war Democrats of my youth? I mean, the politicians were always warmongers, but the Democrat, vo- Democrat voters didn't like war. And now they're like, I mean, there was this there was this joke piece in The Onion that I reposted and said from the onion for now. And it showed, uh, Obama's inauguration with a, uh, you know how politicians will sometimes have the, the blue angels fly overhead in formation and it yeah. cheers and patriotism. Well, in this, uh, onion world, he had a formation of drones flying over for everyone to cheer. Yeah. That's fiction for now. Truth at some point in time. Well, they were going to have drones at the Republican convention, but there was so much outcry, and it looked so bad that they uh, canceled the drones, or maybe didn't. I mean, they can fly so high you can't tell if they're there. Yeah, the big military ones do. They they fly uh, high enough up that you can't see them or hear them or anything else. And then uh, you know, the, and they have them both uh, the kind that that only spy, and then the kind that can spy or fire uh, missiles. That is so square, man. Spying and killing with missiles is so square. And they want to take my 15-round mags. Damn. I made a post one time. This was probably months ago in Facebook. Uh, actually, I think I just copied somebody else's that referred to, you know, the the fact that you got a a guy sitting in some cubicle. Eating looking at, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Looking at a monitor. And he's flying this drone. And he pushes a button. And he kills people. And he's considered a warrior. You know, at, at, at what level of honor is that to an actual soldier who has trained and who risked his life on the ground? Don't don't they is is there a disconnect there where the soldier looks at those guys and says, you know what? There's no honor in killing oh, they like, are that. like that. They are. I mean, that's a problem that they're having is trying to make those guys look respectable, especially even to other like pilots, you know, for the Air Force who fly planes and spy and drop bombs on people. Uh, they have some derogatory term for the Cheeto eaters. I forget what it is, but, you know, I think it's going to get to the point where there aren't any ground soldiers or maybe there's just a very few like SEAL Team 6 type, you know, Uber assassin soldiers and there are not the waves of boots on the ground. It's all going to be drones. And it's going to be hard to um, rebrand those guys eating Cheetos with their feet up in Nevada in the air-conditioned uh, room pushing the buttons on the real life video game that kills people. It's going to be hard to brand them with the support our troops. We love our troops. They're making great sacrifices. Uh, but by then I think it won't be necessary. You know, I think that they'll just, I mean, why, why vote? Why not just have the police run everything? You know, that's something I heard recently that may or may not have come from someone in Obama's cabinet. And to be clear, um, I'm not picking on Obama. If Romney were in, I'd be uh, screaming about him, too. And I'm not just picking on the U.S. government. When I say the state is bad, I'm not talking about the American government. I'm talking about any government. I just talk about the American government more because it's the one that um, probably could kill me easier and is planning to kill me. I mean, a lot, you know, and that sounds like paranoia, but basically a lot of the gun grabbers, you know, are saying things to the effect of, we will kill you to get your guns. They're not saying it quite that clearly, but, uh, you know, there was a, there's a mayor in New York who, New York is, is I, I grew up in New York State, and then I moved to California with a few stops in between, and then moved to Wyoming, and I like Wyoming. Um, New York State is trying to beat the federal government to the front of the parade to um, pass very invasive gun laws, even more. I mean, they're already some of the most invasive in the country, but they're trying to make it worse before the federal government tries to make it worse for everybody. New York's like, we're leading the way. And there is a mayor in a small town in upstate New York near where I'm from, who this week said, I think most gun owners are smart. I think they will turn in their guns. I'm I'm just worried that there's going to be a few who are going to have a Waco style shootout and it's not going to air standoff and it's not going to end well. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're going to kill us if we don't give up our guns. And 
there was uh you know there were there were baby babies were killed in Waco so he's saying we're willing to kill babies to get your guns it's pretty sick yeah the government wants to kill you man it you know i was going to try to not talk about the government with you cuz we you and i talk on the phone an hour a, you know at a time two or three times a week and we often don't talk about the government and it's really mellow and really calm but i don't know we just we went there yeah you know, I, I got to add one more thing too, and partially because I was just over at Lou Rockwell, and I was listening to his podcast from this week. You know, and, it sounds uh, like you went to someone's house twenty years ago. I would have thought you went to some guy named Lou's house. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is weird. <laughs> I mean, I got on the internet in like '94, but uh, it's still weird to me. It's still weird. Probably because now I really like all my friends are virtual friends, as DJ calls them, my lovingly my imaginary friends. All the people on the internet that I haven't met that I talk to a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I've kind of turned my my radio shack, my bed, you know, which is an old term for where you do your ham radio. I've kind of turned my this corner of of one room in our house into my media empire. And uh, you know, I don't leave the house that much, and it's not because I'm afraid of people. I, I, I like people. I mean, I, I don't have any problem going out in public, like some people who don't leave the house much. But I've left the house a lot in my life. I've left the country. I've, I've toured the world with a band. I've been out in the streets. I've been stumbling down the street in San Francisco drunk back when I drank, all of, and done that in you know all the capitals of, of America and several in Europe. But I just, uh, man, people. I just like to stay here and talk to my virtual friends. So, yeah. Um, tell us about going over to see your friend Lou Rock. Lou. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> yeah. He had a guest on, and they were talking about, uh, you know, something that Lou Rockwell's talked about actually quite a bit is one method of di- of disarming the American public that's going to become more and more prominent is uh, someone, it can be anybody, your physician, your kid's teacher at, at a public school, it could be any number of different people who would essentially turn you in to health care, to the you know, government health care, and say, I think this person is a dangerous gun owner with unregistered guns. And they don't come and like kick down your door and try to you know, take your guns or whatever. What they end up doing is uh, uh, using the mental health thing as an excuse, and they lock you away for a 48-hour uh, you know, look them over type thing. And during the process, you know, you're pumped full of drugs. They decide, well, he's not stable enough to own guns. And now they can take your guns away fully legally without a SWAT team, without anything. They're protecting the public because you're crazy. And, uh, and there's that. And then there's the other thing that, you know, if you, uh, you can be arrested for almost anything and charged with a felon. Um, so felony one. A felony, yes. You charge. You're not charged with a person. You're charged with a person. Well, you probably get charged along with another felon, or you know, looking at one across the street that's harboring a fugitive. But anyway, once they get felony charges against you, and they and they dump so many on you that you end up, uh, you know, plea bargaining for the lesser of evils, and now they've got you, and you now have a felon on your record, and you can a, a felony felon on your anyway. Hey. You're a felon. I'm not a felon. No, no, but the person in I know, question. I know, I know. Anyway, um, and then they can't own a gun. Again, it's protecting the public. So, you know, there's two methods that they are actively pursuing that uh, don't involve a SWAT team. Well, another thing I heard that they're going to do if they outlaw guns to avoid uh, Ruby Ridge, you know, Waco-type situations is just turn off your money. I mean, we're so dependent on credit these days that, like, they could just turn off you know, your bank and say, all right, you can't pay your mortgage. You can't eat. You can't get gas to get to work. Um, call, you know, call our squad. They will come over. You can come outside and sit and have a cup of coffee with us while, you know, with one of us, while the rest of us go in and, uh, take your stuff and then we'll turn your life back on. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually, you know, that would be a real easy way for them to do it. And, and the other thing, if we can think of this stuff, they can too. Yeah, well, um, or they just get ideas from us, you know. They, the central scrutinizer <laughs> is listening and taking notes. Well, then well, possibly we should copyright this information so that they can't use it. We'll put a disclaimer on it. That'll keep them out. That's square. That won't keep them out. That's, uh, there's this whole, one of the reasons I rest, rest, left Facebook, one of the many reasons. I had a lot of friends on there. It wasn't, usually when people leave social networks, it's like, 
I'm leaving because no one pays attention to me or everyone's mean to me and I don't have any friends in here. And it's like, I had 2,200 friends on there and that was after blocking about 500 people. So, you know, I had 2,200 good, good people to chat with on there. Uh, and I was having fun with it and it helped build the fiends, but I just got off there. And one of the reasons was some of the just silly, silly, silliness. One was I kept seeing over and over these people putting these disclaimers on their, <laughs> on their page, like, Warning, it was a cut and paste thing. It was like, warning to any government entity or blah, blah, blah. It was kind of like a copyright, like basically saying, you know, like little kids, little boys will have a clubhouse, treehouse, and they'll put a sign that says, no girls allowed. You know, um, it's kind of like saying, no feds allowed. It's not going to keep them out. Right. You know, you can't, it make, makes. You can't use government laws against the government on your Facebook to keep people out of it. I think they just search. Actually, I had that on the Fiend site for a minute my version of it, but like I kept getting searches in my, uh, web stats for that phrase or, or keyword, you know, key sentences in that phrase. So I think they were using it to target people. Wow. Not that being off Facebook keeps me from being targeted. I mainly got off because it keeps me from being annoyed and wasting time. Facebook can be really time wasting. Yeah. You know, and if I uh, left the house, I'd probably have a device in my pocket to look at it, but I actually use a desktop computer to, um, look at cat pictures and get in arguments with, with strangers. Hey, uh, Michael, let's save this file and we'll throw a commercial in here and start a new file. Yeah. Want to contribute to Liberty but short on cash? You can help the Freedom Fiends without even spending a post-1964 dime. Download U-Torrent and start seeding Fiends episodes and DVDs to help keep us drone-proof. There's a Torrent Club link at the top of FreedomFiends.com. There you'll find our Torrent RSS feed and instructions to grab past episodes and automatically download new ones, even while you're away from the computer. You'll also get special episodes of The Fiends and Anarchy Gumbo days or even weeks before regular podcast subscribers who aren't torrenting. Leave your computer on, seating the torrents while you're at work or asleep. The more people seating The Fiends, the more drone-proof we'll be when the boot comes down. And we're back from the commercial break. You know, I wonder what kind of commercial will be there. The list... The listeners have already heard it. Maybe there'll be a Freedom Fiends commercial there. Uh, I don't know, man. I was I was busy typing to somebody. Someone's trying to hire me, and I'm like, oh, come on, man. I'm busy. I'm too busy my, these days to be hired to do work for pay because I'm. It's weird. <laughs> my wife and I uh, are just as an update to the listeners. My wife and I are in a motorhome tour using our RV to travel around the country solving mysteries. And um, so the park that we're in, we, we walked down past the vacant, uh, um, uh, what's it called, amusement park, where we also made Scooby-Doo jokes, crossed over the street, went to this really cool oyster place. And as, as we walked in, walked up to the, you know, the maitre d' is there and everything, and uh, she's getting, getting the menus, getting ready to seat us, and the chef comes out to interview a new employee that was, you know, or a potential employee that was walked up. You don't see that very much in restaurants where they're, uh, you know, they're actually hiring people right there while you're getting ready to go be seated. I don't know if that was a good sign or a bad sign. (laughs) But the food was excellent. Good evening. This is American Airlines Flight 238. We'll be taking off as soon as the pilot finishes filling out his application. Hi. It's called the Original Oyster House. That I'm, was my little plug hi, for those. I'm things. your anesthesiologist. We'll be finish. We'll be starting your open heart surgery as soon as the doctor finishes filling out his application. <laughs> so, what's happening in Wyoming? How's the weather there? It's gray, and it looks like San Francisco looks every day of the year, which is weird. It's uh, not terribly windy, which is weird. Uh, and it's gray and it's about 50, which is pretty much summer in San Francisco, but it's winter in Wyoming. Um, no snow on the ground. We're in one of our little lulls, but, uh, we did have some 50 mile an hour winds last night. And, uh, here on delicious dish on NPR, we, uh, we're able to keep going because of donations from fiends like you. Wait, (laughs) it's not NPR. I just, I just like my new microphone. 
What microphone are you using, Mike? I'm, uh, Michael? Mike? Michael? Michael phone? Michael, Michael on a microphone. What microphone am I using? I'm Michael phone. A Shure Beta 57A. What are you using? I also am using a Shure Beta 57A. I got some. And, <laughs> Go ahead. We should get paid for that. Well, we kind of did because I got uh, something astonishing today. I got an Amazon gift card for uh, Amazon affiliate, you know, me advertising them with links and things. Uh, I got $172 today for one month. And I think at least half of that is from the month that you ordered a whole bunch of stuff on my affiliate link. Cool. Isn't that, that's an astonishing amount for one month, man. If I, uh, if I could get about four times that every month, I, I could just <laughs> not ever have to, you know, people write me to hire me to do web work or voiceover work. And I'd be like, no, and to be clear, the voiceover work someone's trying to hire me for, the voiceover work that someone's trying to hire me for, wouldn't be me voicing it. It'd be my wife voicing it, who has a much more sultry and dulcet voice than I have. Your wife has a wonderful voice. She does the commercials, not all. She does some commercials for Freedom Fiends, but she also does voice work for other stuff that you do as well. Yeah. I said that like I'm telling you it, but actually I, I, I'm trying to... Uh, you know, do that proper uh, explaining to the listening audience while addressing the, the person I'm talking to. Yeah. I'm glad we got off the government. Oh, I want to complain about the government a little bit more. You okay with that? Sure, go ahead. Well, I love that. I, I slept hard hard last night. I mean, I slept really hard. My my um, I'm awake. I'm quite awake. I've been awake for an hour, but like... My my body isn't as awake as my mind, so I'm kind of I'm kind of slurring. I'm not drunk. I think it's the leftover from the government flu I had. You know, I uh, my wife and I got a really terrible flu, and uh, it was devastating. It was it lasted about three weeks, and we finally got over it about two weeks ago. Still got some phlegm in my lungs, but I'm not feeling dead like I was. And I have a theory that it's the government testing something because everybody in my town has it. Like literally. I guess the whole country's like this, but literally the other day at Walmart, there was a sign on the pharmacy that said, pharmacy closed due to flu. Have you ever seen that anywhere in your life? Holy crap. No. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, we're going to get on radio. And uh, we've been saying this for a while. It may take longer than we thought. It may be later than mid-February, but we're getting picked up for distribution by the same people that, that uh, the same network that takes Free Talk Live and Alex Jones. And then, of course, we have to go, once we're on there, we have to go get radio stations to pick us up. But shouldn't be shouldn't be a problem. And that's going to be for the Freedom Fiends. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's good to see you guys succeeding like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like when, when some kid gets out of the hood with a basketball scholarship, everybody rallies around him. You know, and I guess we're kind of that kid. Although, uh, after we're on there about six months and the most popular radio show in the world may take longer than six months, but I'm going to suggest they take the bad Quaker also. Yay. But, uh, so we're going to be doing a pre tape show once or twice a week because we can't do a live show on there because it requires a $3,000 piece of equipment. We don't have and can't afford. It's called a Comrex, uh, Comrex codec. And it allows you to, Send uh, you know, like broadcast quality spoken audio in real time to the network where they put it up on their satellite for the radio station. So I don't have the money for that, and I'm not going to beg for it. I guess I'm going to end up doing the job for this guy. I mean, it doesn't pay that much, but it's a short job. But um, the thing that really bugs me is I was looking at the website for the company that makes it, and yesterday they put up a picture of like, here's how great our product is and the people that use it. And they had someone from the white house press corps using it for Obama's coronation. And I'm like, you know, I'll bet that guy never had to sit in his job and say, I wish I could get the $3,000 for this Comrex codex so I can broadcast the president. Man, that is messed up. And you know, you know, and I searched around, like I was looking for one used, you know, cause you can find them for like two grand used sometimes. And um, I just searched the model number of it. And a lot of places it came up was on government websites in their list of possessions. You know, like, here's what the office had to buy. This office department had to buy this year. And I'm like, and, and I'm kind of getting the feeling that the government owns probably 100,000 of these boxes. 
and uh, probably just sitting in closets. Yeah, probably just sitting in warehouses as you know, second and third and fourth and fifth spares. So it just irks me. Not that the government owes me one, but I wish the government would quit stealing from me because then I'd have piles of cash and gold to buy one with. That is so frustrating. I mean, that's that's really the thing on so many different levels. Someone says, you know, the old argument, well, how would you build the roads? I would have so much money in my pockets. I, you know, I could finance my own roads. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, status would say that that's just pie in the sky BS. And when people say the free market would take care of it, you know, it kind of sounds like saying magical fairies would sprinkle dust and make them take care of it. Explain why that's not true, Ben. (laughs) <laughs> well, the most obvious to me is if you consider, you just take one machine, you take something like an aircraft carrier, and uh, although this is not, this doesn't apply to all aircraft carriers because some are still uh, oil-fired and most are, uh, you know, um, uh, nuclear. But And that's more than uh, one machine. That's about, you know, 300 yeah. machines working together. Yeah, it's sort of a, a universe city. of machines. City. Yeah. It's a floating city that kills people. But if you consider how much money it takes to build one of these things, how much it takes to outfit it, how much it takes to put it out on the water and move it around, feed all the people that keep it running, and what is the purpose of this machine? The purpose of this machine is to scare the pants off people and kill and destroy. And so all of the wealth that's invested in one of these machines, and it's not like, you know, it's not like we're actually under threat of attack from anybody ever. That the no matter the myths that people believe, and we talk about you know um, Pearl Harbor, and we talk about all these different things. The fact is, no one has ever unprovokedly attacked the United States of America. So even if you're a statist and you believe that we that we have to have a government or whatever, the amount of money that it takes to have one aircraft carrier. Considering the fact that we are not under a threat by anybody and never have been, all of that is a myth, then all the money that it takes to build and maintain and then eventually scrap these aircraft carriers, that's all destroyed wealth. That's wealth that's taken out of the pockets of people and just destroyed. It's like digging a big giant hole in the middle of the desert and just having bulldozers push wealth in. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. So, and I must say that this is kind of a quality problem I'm having that, uh, you know, I need $3,000 to buy this chunk of gear, this rack mount thing. So I could, you know, so we can take the Freedom Fiends from a pre-tape show, which is harder to sell to radio stations and it's harder to sell to listeners. You know, people, I've heard it said that if it's, if it doesn't take calls, it's not radio. So, and you can't pre-tape a show with calls because then people will be like, oh, well, I'll call in and it's not. You know, the show's not live. So, uh, you know, it's a quality problem. I mean, mean, there's a lot of people out there who are like, I need $3,000 to pay my mortgage or I need $3,000 to, you know, bail my husband out of jail for something that it shouldn't be a crime. I mean, those are more real problems than mine's kind of a quality problem. And there's people who are like, I need $3 to buy dinner. I'm starving. And I know that, you know, my problems aren't like those people's problems, but for for one thing, um, you know, a lot of people are like, the government shouldn't buy battleships. They should use that money for free health care and education. And I'm like, that is so square. You know, the government should quit stealing money and you'd have money for education and health care and both would be a lot cheaper and better. But do you think, Ben, that I would be a bad anarchist if – I mean this is a fear I have is that I'm going to be keep looking for one of these things and what I'm going to find is a government auction where they're selling a used one for $1,000, you know, which is – going to be the cheapest I find one. Do you think that I would be a bad anarchist if I bought this piece of equipment I need from a government auction to use on the radio show where we're going to scream at the government 24-7? No, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, of course, I'm biased in that question, but I wouldn't at all hesitate uh, taking advantage of the, you know, the theft that's already been uh, stolen and try to get it back into the free market and back into the usefulness of, uh, of those of us who are attempting to be free. You know, um, I would highly advise against theft, but from a moral standpoint, and, and that's because of practical purposes, you steal from the government, they will catch you and punish you horribly. Yeah, I'm not going to break into this. I- 
I'm not going to break in somewhere and take one of these from the government, but uh, they do have government auctions and these things kind of show up on them sometimes. So, yeah. And, you know, this is something that would be a perfect opportunity for someone to go on, um, you know, for me to go on uh, one of those cyber begging sites and say, we need this for that. But unfortunately, I've spent um, a couple hours on the radio and on the Internet screaming about how people do that are bad agorists. So I'm not going to do that. Although most of the people that I've screamed at to do that have really ill-formed ideas like, well, I want to start this publishing company and publish comics. And I'm like, that's not really a plan. You know, this is more like we have this absolute opportunity to get on the radio. We need one piece of gear. I have the model number for it, you know. And, you know, I, I like that Cody Wilson uh, asked for money to help his d- defense distributed thing because I think he is doing more for liberty than a lot, than a lot of people do. And, you know, you're nobody until you're entered into the congressional record. And there is a congressman who's trying to pass a law against downloading printable gun schemes or printable gun, uh, you know, blueprints, files. Did he, I just saw the edge of a story. Did he have anything to do with the, uh, the uh, digital printing uh, or the, uh, whatever it's called, the 3D printing of the uh, high, high capacity mags? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when he st- and he was on Glenn Beck the other day talking about it, and uh, I've never seen anybody on Glenn Beck that Glenn Beck is basically saying, you're a monster. And the guest is like, hey, man, no, nah, I don't really think so. Or like, you know, not wimpy like that, but like, I don't really believe in that dichotomy, Glenn. You know, he was really mellow about it. And uh, he actually gave a blurb to the Freedom Fiends recently. It was really good for a radio show. Would you like me to read it? It's short. Sure. Cody Wilson, the printable gun guy, says, The Freedom Fiends are great radio, and the hosts are incredibly media savvy. Back in 2012, I'd never done an interview and didn't want to do any, ever. Then Michael explained how important it is to my mission and coached me on how to do an interview. I did my first ever media appearance with him. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat. Yeah, and he's like the talk of all the talk radio shows now, so you know, program directors know who he is. So Glenn Beck had a hard time with, or, you know, attacked him? Yeah, yeah. Not attacked him. Um, really calmly, uh, Glenn Beck's off TV now, but he has a radio show that's on a lot of radio stations nationally. And he also has like a TV, internet TV show that uh, the audio of it is a radio show. And it's in a, I don't know if it's in his home or not, but it's in a stage setting that looks like it's in a living room. And uh, Cody sat there with his printable gun on his lap and talked to Glenn Beck about it. And Cody recently, you know, he he made an AR lower and was able to fire some number of rounds through it before it failed. And there's video of it. He's been working on it for about six months. And uh, then recently, with all this foo about 30-round mags, he made a printable 30-round mag. Now... If he'd done that when he started out, people would have been like, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's not really a gun. It's a gun part, but yeah, okay. But it actually probably caused more outrage than the printable gun because the printable gun, uh, it's not the complete gun and it's, you know, just the lower and, uh, you know, you can't print metal yet on 3D printers. It's all plastic parts. But a 30-round mag is suddenly something that people are upset about. And he printed one, and it got 50,000 downloads in a week. So uh, there is a senator, or a congressman actually, you know, trying to outlaw downloading one of those files. That is so square, man. And let's just be clear, when we're talking about he got 50,000 downloads, that's actual downloads of the, of the, the data needed to actually print one of these for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, and, you know... That doesn't mean 50,000 people printed one, you know, probably a thousand people or 500 people printed one because the printers are, you know, about as expensive as a Comrex uh, codec, but a lot of people have it and these printers are just going to get cheaper and cheaper. I mean, literally the technology and the price right now, I would say is about where dot matrix printers were like a dot matrix printer cost several thousand dollars printed slow was expensive for ink, expensive for paper, and not very high resolution. And not many people had them. Like, I remember 
you know, getting on computers in 1990 and like having to go somewhere to get somebody to print me something. I mean, they actually had laser printers by then, but, uh, you know, I remember going to have a friend at his work, print out a 200 page document for me on a dot matrix printer because I needed a hard copy of it. Um, and back then laser printers were extremely expensive and broke down a lot. But, uh, you know, I really do believe that in 10 years, everyone's going to have, or a lot of people are going to have, you know, a $200, uh, 3d printer on their desk next to their paper printer. And, uh, it'll work better than the ones they have now and be, that's very, and be cheaper to run. That's very likely. I, I would say that's probably a, a really safe prediction. And if you think that through, what's that going to do to things like, you know, uh, copyright laws and things, it's basically going to open up hard things that we can touch into the same realm as, you know, MP3s and stuff like that yeah. in, in the sharing realm. That's wild. Yep. So go Cody. But yeah, Cody, you know, asked for money on the internet to, uh, to finance this thing. And he got $20,000 the first month. And that was five months ago. I don't know what he's got now. Now that he's being written up in the wall street journal and on Glenn Beck and wired magazine and all these other neat places that a lot of people see. Yeah. He also got some pushback from the tech community, didn't he? Yeah. Because 3d printers are a big thing with the make magazine crowd and the maker fair crowd. And I've actually written an article that's published in make magazine. And I've been a, presenter at maker fair uh showing my diy or die movie so i kind of know that crowd it's the um not reason magazine what is it wired magazine and o'reilly publishing you know the tech company that i've also written a book for and edited a couple other books for those people don't call me anymore and they i used to work a lot for them and they paid well and they were good to work for they stopped hiring me about the time i started blogging about guns four and a half years ago and i don't know if it was a coincidence or not but I mean, because they were laying some people off at that time too. They were, uh, you know, the the <laughs> the uh, the economy and what the government does was affecting them. And a lot of those people are incredibly statist. I mean, uh, they're also connected with the TED Talk people. And TED Talk recently had a. Did you see that video of the guy? Like, he actually mentioned printable guns in it. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. Yeah. Hey, let's break again and right. save this file. Yeah. And folks, stick with us. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Yeah. BadQuaker.com uses HostGator as our web hosting service. It was fast and easy to get set up, and the support we receive is top-notch. They have helpful and friendly 24-7, 365 live technical support and a 99.9% .9 uptime guarantee, and they have some of the best prices in the business. If you have a website, or if you want to have a website, check them out by going to BadQuaker.com and click on the button for HostGator. And thank you very much for supporting BadQuaker.com. And we're back with Michael W. Dean from the Freedom Fiends and from Anarchy Gumbo Podcast. And, and the Guns from and Weed movie. The Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom. Yeah. I heard that. I was talking earlier about listening to uh, Lou Rockwell's. Uh, I just want to interject. We're going to do a full Quaker of audio today. What's that mean? A <laughs> full Quaker, yeah. It's like a bushel, but it's uh, yeah. but it's an audio version. Yeah, yeah. I, during the during the uh, the commercial, I asked you how many more of these we're gonna do. I could do ten, and you said, "Oh, well, we're gonna do one more because that's in a full hour." And I said, "Oh, a full Quaker of audio." And uh, one one hour of audio is one Quaker. Yeah, with ads. So anyway, I was listening to Lou Rockwell's. Uh, oh yeah, you um, never did finish that story. <laughs> um, and he had a commercial for Amazon going back to Amazon again. And he made the statement that you can get almost anything that can be produced oh, yeah. can be bought on Amazon. And, and immediately I thought of your line, except guns and weed, but you can get guns and weed, the road to freedom on Amazon. Yeah. Yep. That was Amazon's pretty cool. Uh, it's the free market. It's the, it's, it's as close to the free market as you can get. The only disappointment I've ever had with it was a year ago, they temporarily suspended my ability to use their Amazon affiliate links. And I contacted them and they're like, Oh, you live in California and they're taxing that now. So we don't serve California anymore. And I'm like, no, I've moved to Wyoming two years ago. So I had to fax Amazon, my driver's license to prove to them that I lived in a freer state. And then they reinstated me, but I lost like 
you know, a month's worth of affiliate links for it because I didn't notice. Wow. Hey, that reminds me. I am supposed to be checking on setting up an Amazon California uh, link. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me about that. Well, but yeah, they, now they do allow it again, I believe, because uh, the governor or whoever – Who's the guy? Gray Davis. The, the guy that was disgraced and then left and then was like the, the mayor of Oakland and disgraced and then they brought him back as governor. Brown. Brown. Yeah, Brown. that's it. Yeah. yeah, Dead Kennedys wrote a song about him 20 years ago about what a fascist he was. And they were a lefty punk rock band, and, but he was so bad that they, uh, such a bad lefty that they wrote a song about him. What was, back in the 70s. What's, Go ahead. What's an Amazon California link? Uh, I'm not sure. One of my listeners requested it so that they could order uh, from Amazon and still uh, and and I would still get the affiliate for it. But I have to look into it. I got wrapped up in all the traveling around and moving from campground to cramp campground, and it slipped my mind. So I, it's something I wow. need to get back on. So like of. anybody that's ordered from my affiliate links from California, I don't get the money. Correct. Huh. You know, that's messed up because huh? it's like usually you only have to make other links for different countries um, or even regions like Europe or, you know, Australia, Spain, whatever. But I guess California is a different country in a lot of ways. I wish it would just be a different country that would make me happy. I think it would make them happy, too. You know, if they didn't have to and they wouldn't have to tell me what to do with my 30 round mags here in, in Wyoming. Not that I have any. I lost them in a voting accident. I mean, a boating accident. But uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, why don't they just why don't they secede? That'd be good. They should, that would help the rest of us actually. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, going back to the Lou Rockwell dude. <laughs> um, anyway, uh oh, now I'm confused about which one was the uh no, this was an article I think. No, I know what it was. It was on Lou Rockwell's blog, somebody linked to a Google presentation, a Google speech by a guy who has nothing to do with Lou Rockwell, and he's not an anarchist, he's not a libertarian, he's nothing like that, he's non-political. He is uh, you know, a stock market-type person who's made a fortune in the stock market. But he's thought things through, and he's not even an Austrian economist or anything like that. But he's thought things through, and he wrote some books, and he's come to the conclusion that central government is going to destroy itself by the very fact that it uh, that it that it removes the responsibility of the individual's actions, and I'm like, yeah, I mean that's what we that's our whole point, you know. Um, but he came to that conclusion not as an anarchist, not as a libertarian, not as a an Austrian economist. He came to that by just observing the government and how it functions. Yeah, who is this? Some square guy. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll stall and I'll look up his name. Well, it's weird because it's, uh, I mean, that sounds like the bad Quaker podcast any day when you don't have a guest. I mean, you say things like that much more eloquently than he said it, but, uh, so you're saying this is someone who is statist and, you know, I don't know, what's the word? Normal? Doesn't yeah. think like us, doesn't know the truth, doesn't speak the truth. Is that what you're saying? Ben, yeah, somebody like ben that. Um, I'm looking up his name. Do we yeah. still have a connection? It doesn't really matter. Go. Just tell me what kind of person he is. Let me put him in a box. Put him in a box for me. Who is he? What's he like? Wow, I can't find the link now. Yeah. Just, but he's just a like an investment type person. So he's a normal economist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not even really economist. He's just he just makes money on the stock market and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So what you got next? Well, hmm. I like being on the Gulf Coast. How's that? Yeah, let's talk about the um the senile delinquents who hang out around you now. It's really weird going to these like the campground that we're in right now is the typical snowbird uh, campground where lots of people from Canada and, you know, Minnesota and what's that? Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. My wife's in the background. <laughs> um, all these old people 
I mean, I'm trying not to be derogatory. It's just, you know, facts are facts. You're 54 and you're saying all these old people. Yeah, but they're, uh, they have, first off, a lot of them have really nice RVs. And then, um, they, uh, you know, they, they're very social among each other. They're really friendly with each other. Um, I think maybe we're a little too young for them, but they're still you know, fairly. It sounds like you're you know, describing bikers. Like, yeah, a lot of them have nicer bikes than me, and they're. Really... That, that's yeah, that's kind of true. That hey, Ben, actually... Ben, I'm uh-huh. totally losing you. There we go. Yeah. Okay, you still with me? Yeah. Okay, so our signal is going in and out again, and uh, the old it's probably their granny porn and their pictures of their grandbabies. Yeah, they're all coming back from the from the early bird special at the restaurants, and they're all hitting the internet, bogging down. Before they go out for bingo and shuffleboard. Shuffleboard's in the morning at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., right? Here's what's weird. They all get their um, yoga mats, and they all go to a central location every morning for their, for their stretching and so forth. Anyway, we are breaking up, and we're going to lose each other here, so we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, Michael, you want to tell the people anything before we break off our podcast? Yeah, man. Being statist is really square, and that's the word you should use with people, or I encourage you to use that word with people. Just get up in their grill and say, you're square, and explain why it is square to expect the government to uh, put a gun to everyone's head for social justice or murder or war. And check out uh, um, kittyfeet.com for the Anarchy Gumbo podcast. And um, if anyone's got a spare Comrex Kodak in their warehouse, uh, contact me at uh, rightarmofwyoming at gmail.com, and uh, I'll tell you how to ship it to me. Absolutely. Michael, thanks for coming on the show with me. Thanks, man. It's been, it's been an honor, and it's always fun. 